This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. It is September 1st. Today is going to be a daily briefing like none other. You can already tell that by my guest, none other than the CEO of Real Vision, Rao Pal. Uh, Rao, welcome to the daily briefing. It's good to be here. I love the fact that you've dressed up for me. Finally, we've got rid of the suit, the jacket, everything else. You're now the, the normal Jack. Love it. Yeah, I just need to get a few bracelets and then, and then I'll be in there. One day, one day. When I get back to New York, I'll buy you some bracelets. Okay, okay. That sounds good. Ralph, so the reason that we're here is a really special event that I can't wait to talk to you about and hear your thoughts. Today, how about Ralph, you tell the people at home, why is today such a special day? Actually, um, when you announced it's the 1st of September, it kind of went flooding back to, this was the start of Real Vision. We went live on the 1st of September, 2014. And it was a hilarious moment in time. Many people have heard the story, but but the four founders were in different corners of the world. I was in Miami at the time. Remy was in Spain. Grant was in Singapore. And Damien was in London. And we'd spent the prior nine months to a year building out the technology for Real Vision because it was very new. Nobody was really doing what we were doing. And we launched to the world. And the whole platform went down. It basically worked for one browser and every other browser it failed for. That was September the 1st. And we had to invent a character who became the fifth co-founder called Milton to deal with the four of us having to run customer service all the way around the world for this one and a half thousand people who paid money for the system that now didn't work. But the idea behind it was it was really to democratize. Our mission remains to democratize the very best financial intelligence for all. And that came out of 2008, the massive crisis when the media just let people down. And I knew what was going on, and I felt really uncomfortable explaining to people why they didn't know about it and why they, they were so badly hurt. Then we had 2012 in Europe, where we almost lost all of the European Union, plus the banking system, plus the property market. And the same thing happened. People were kept in the dark. And I'm like, this is not good enough. How can I have all the information? How can some of us make money out of this and other people's lives get decimated? It's not right. So that was the idea behind Real Vision. And two years after the European financial crisis, Real Vision was born on September the 1st. And, you know, the, the one trick we had that didn't exist before, people forget, before there was no hour-long video interview with the most famous names in investing. It did not exist in the world. In fact, podcasters like Tim Ferriss had done you know, who broken long form ground and made people realize that that was really engaging. CNBC were doing three minute slots, two minute slots. And we did this. What's happened subsequently is I don't know how many podcasts there are in finance. They're all copies of Real Vision. We were the DNA of it all. And we, we continue to be innovators and we've got a lot of innovation to come. 
Yeah, I want to get into that innovation, but let's just go back to the depth, the long-form nature of Real Vision interviews that really was our calling card. What do you think it is about a long-form interview that you just get so much more learning and information and understanding than you can just through a three-minute, five-minute television hit? To To be honest, finance is not a three-minute subject. It's people's livelihoods we're talking about. And people want to learn. They don't come to Real Vision because they know everything. They come to Real Vision because they want to learn. And everyone feels slightly out of their depth because in finance, there's always somebody smarter than you. And you get pretty used to being humble around smart people. But people come to do that. And long form is humans are much better at storytelling. And a long form interview is storytelling. You can get a story arc out of it. Who is this person? Where do they come from? What proof points do they have along the way? And what is their big idea now? I mean, that's a really powerful arc. And it helps us to to understand and digest the information. So long form works so much better than saying, where's the S&P over the next three weeks going to be? I mean, nobody cares. Well, I want to hear your base case. What's your what's your base case for the S&P over the next week? <laughs> so here's something. So I want to talk about a little bit how things have changed since we started Real Vision. So I went back and just quickly look at the price of assets seven years ago to see that, right, this kind of macro world. So it launched with a spirit of disruption that the world was going to change and the world was riskier than people imagined. Um, So that was, you know, I think I talked in the first video about the long-term trend in bond yields. I think we talked about the long-term trend in, in gold. Um, At that point, I think we were also talking about the trend higher in the dollar, Bitcoin. And generally speaking, we've kind of not been that involved in equities. There's been a lot of equity bears over the years. So I look back, and 10-year yields have halved. Obviously, they've gone down much more than that. But in the general trend, they've halved. Oil, which was a commodity that we've been kind of up and down over the years with is been up and down. It was $95 when we launched Real Vision. It's $68 today. Gold was $1,250 when we launched Real Vision. It's up 50% at $1,850. The dollar has gone from 82, which was near its low, up to about 93. Bitcoin, $490, $49,000. So that was quite a good one. That was our first ever video. The other one was the the S&P has gone up about 2.2 times, uh, which I think would have surprised Raoul 2014. But the other big standout, which has now become apparent as part of this exponential age, was the NASDAQ, which went up three and a half times. So Bitcoin was the daddy. It went up 100 times. Uh, NASDAQ went up um, three and a half times, and the S&P two and a half times, gold 50%, 50%, the dollar, you know, 20% or so. So so it's been a different world. Didn't play out exactly as we imagined. We did have quite a few big risk-off events en route, taper tra- tantrums and other bits. So massive outperformances in areas as well. So it's been it's been kind of fun. Yeah, Ra, I was waiting. You said the dollar, oil, bond yields. I said, when is he going to say Bitcoin? And there we go. So 450 or, or somewhere around there to now Four hundred and forty-five thousand—a huge well, 40, gain. Forty-nine, yeah, four hundred ninety to forty-nine thousand. That's a hundred x. So, Raoul, you said the Raoul in twenty fourteen would have been surprised. We actually have footage of the Raoul in twenty fourteen, which is from one of the first ever 
videos of Real Vision. I believe it was released September 4th of 2014. Oh, Let's you're going to love this, Jack. <laughs> Having fun already. Real Vision Television is the future of financial analysis and how we can consume it in a better format, in a more interesting way, in a more engaging way. It's also about the real world. So it's not theoretical economics or theoretical finance, which have failed us really. It's about how to apply this to the real world, give us some vision and give us the tools to arm ourselves. Well, there you have it, Ralph. That was, that was the vision of Real Vision but, from 2014. You look, you're looking quite different. Yeah, that was a talking hamster as far as I can tell there. <laughs> That's when I discovered yeah, then, the ketogenic. I discovered the ketogenic diet. It kind of changed my life. Yeah, was that through uh, George that you, that you made that discovery? No, I discovered it through Tim Ferriss. Oh wow! And I was I'll on wonder. Tim Ferriss's podcast early on as well, and he was on Real Vision. He was he was on Real Vision early days. Wow! So we had for people who can go back and watch at the very end of that clip, they'll probably have to maybe go on half speed. But there was a Bitcoin at the very end in the introduction to Real Vision. So it just goes to show that that crypto really is in the DNA of this company. Can you tell us about the journey of 2014? You start the company, you do these long form interviews. Uh, tell us what, what, what were some, uh, what, what was the journey like as you began to, to run this company? So we formed the company and we had to hire some people because none of us had made a video before. So the first guy we hired, I'm over in Little Cayman still. I'm still living in Little Cayman. I I'm in my house in Grand Cayman now. I actually live in Grand Cayman. Most people think I live in Little Cayman. I was there for uh, all over um, the, the kind of pandemic period. So I was over in Little Cayman and I was speaking to a friend in the bar there and there's only like four people in the bar and it's an island of 140 people. I'm like, shit, we need to hire a cameraman or somebody can edit video. Uh, he said, what, you're starting a video company and you, you don't know how to do that? We're like, no, it's, we're not, no. We're not media people. He goes, well, speak to Franz over there. And there's Franz in the bar. Um, and he was a Belgian documentary filmmaker. And he joined us as employee number one. Employee number two was working at the Marine um, Institute in Little Cayman, Tom Quigley. So there was a lot of, we didn't know what we were doing. We're in this minuscule little office uh, in Cayman Enterprise City. But we started traveling around the world. Grant and I would get on planes around the world, start interviewing people, and we could see magic was happening in front of our eyes and that we were onto something massive. And we could just see the reaction of people saying, oh, my God, we've waited all our lives for this. And we realized we were able to change lives, too. So it's been amazing. Yeah. And tell us about, the, the, the you said, the magic. The demand clearly was there. People were yearning for this. This is something that people were pining after. What was the response once you finally got, you know, uh, Hugh Hendry on an island, you you talking to Kyle Bass, a 90-minute video with some of the world's best hedge fund managers, something totally different that people couldn't get anywhere else. What was the, the reaction like from the customers? I mean, Everybody, we've told people since day one that this was a journey we were going on and we didn't know what we were doing, but we wanted to change the world and we wanted to change the financial landscape forever. And would they come with us? And that we would make mistakes en route. And we call it, we said, just join us for the revolution. And people came along with us. People care. They care about what we're trying to achieve. They care about us and the mission that we've got. And they want to help. I mean, this company is entirely funded of 
$50 million of whatever we've raised in capital over the years was only from our members. I don't think there's any firm in history that's done that that I'm aware of. People help us. They say, hey, listen, have you thought about doing this? You've got to interview this guy, or you guys have got a problem here with your website. You need to fix this. People are so bought into helping us, and we're honest. We're not, we don't think we're the best people in the world. We know where we want to get to, and we want to create something magic. And, and the big surprise out of all of this was it didn't become a content business. It became a community. And that is becoming the magic of Real Vision. And you see it everywhere. You see it spilling across Twitter. You even see it in the comment section on YouTube, and you see it on our comment section, and you see it on the exchange. We all network with each other. We get to know each other. We're the same people. I mean, DLS writes a comment on every video. I've never met David, but God, I'd love to buy him a drink because he is incredible as a part of the community. He's always got an insightful comment, balance. He's there kind of policing the comment section if people are being, you know, just not not fair um, or, you know, attacking each other. He, he says, no, do it this way. He's like the best example of what a community member is. He adds super value and it's great. Exactly. And most media is someone's on screen and it's a one-way street and someone's watching that. This is a two-way mirror where people are commenting and someone says, oh, Jack, you know, you got that wrong. It was the GDX, not the GDXJ. And I'm like, oh my God. So it's, it's that interactivity. Um, but, that but, then they go on to, but then they go on to the exchange and say, Jack was talking about the GDX. Have you guys seen this index? It's, it might be better, the HUI and blah, blah, blah. And then they start talking about it. That is magic. And then they create content, I, ideas. Yeah. And the exchange is really the next level of that. So you alluded to David or DLS as he signs all of his comments. Those were comments under the Real Vision video. But you took that comment and our tech team at Real Vision, and we've made an entire platform for our members to share ideas. Just tell us a little bit about why you came up with that idea and why you thought it was so important um, to have the exchange. Because I could see that people wanted to talk to each other. We we had live events and people just wanted like-minded people. Look at the internet. It's fragmenting amongst groups that want to have shared common interests. And Twitter's too short form. And you don't know who's kind of in the real vision way. And the real vision way is kind of respectful, thoughtful, um, can be from any background, don't need to be in finance. So I thought, I just want to give everybody a place where they can share their ideas, their videos, their thoughts, ask the community questions, because we can't all answer all the questions. And nor should we, because the hive mind is smarter than any one of us individually. And that's proven out time and time and time again, how incredibly smart that group of people is. And that exchange, now we've just relaunched it uh, with a cleaned up version. It's going to be amazing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it, it is amazing. I, we actually have tons of questions, something like 40 questions. I posted in the Exchange 2.0, which I definitely will leave a link in the description below, which I actually believe uh, is now available only to Real Vision members. Uh, before it was more of an open platform. Now it's sort of a hive mind. And you know, hives are sort of closed-ended. 
Um, so we actually have a question. You've talked about events. Uh, Ernesto wants to know, when is the new festival of learning coming? Um, it's coming about time we bring those amazing minds back and give their look for 2022. Also, uh, he has a question about the, the carbon trade. Um, and this is one of the very active users of the exchange. And I appreciate, Ernesto, for all of the efforts you put in there. Um, Festival Learning, I don't know. That's Shannon's manner. Um, I know that we've got something coming up on the crypto side. Um, I'm not sure when the next Festival of Learning will be, but we will keep bringing it. And that's just a prequel to what George, and many of you have met George in the past, seen him around the platform. George is building out education across the entire business. So you've seen it with investor tutorials. You've seen it with the masterclass series. Uh, you will see a full trading course that's coming, a world-class course that we we we, um, we did in conjunction with somebody else, very well known. Um, and there's going to be just more and more educational-style content that dovetails in with our existing content. Even Real Vision Pro subscribers get Roger Hurst's breakdown of the big deep macro conversation that Julian and I have. So not only the Festival of Learning, but education is going to be a core focus. And over the next 12 months, we'll see massive changes where education will be a big part. Yeah. And that educational content is some of my personal favorite content. Uh, the tutorials, uh, the, the person who's giving the content is Jamie McDonald, who's a former portfolio manager for C.D. Cohen at point seventy two, and so many videos on options, on futures, on inflation. That And, and Roger, too, is, is phenomenal, breaking down what you and Julian talk about. I like to think of it as sort of the uh, regular Real Vision content is you get to be a fly on the wall and listen to these conversations, whereas the educational content is it is explained to you. It's not dumbed down. It is extre extremely complex, but because they sort of... Uh, you know, it, it's it's didactic, it's educational, it's in a shorter form format that actually explains what it is. So rather than just say, oh, the euro dollar this, euro dollar, I'll, I'll be honest, Ralph, when I first started working at Real Vision, I probably heard you say the term euro dollar probably about 80 times before I actually fully understood what it meant. So th this is a sort of runaway where actually you have Jamie or you have Roger say, you know that thing that Ralph just said, that really smart, this is actually what he means because sometimes it's hard to understand. <laughs> Yeah, so the, the, definitely more of that coming, Ernesto. Don't worry. Yeah, all right, we've got tons more questions. Oh, we've got a question from Mudsher who says, hey, Jack, ask Ral for an update on the Cayman Island party. So, we, uh, yeah, we kept, got really close to pulling the trigger. We were in talks with government about, you know, can we get airlift in, i.e. get planes from Miami because none of the airplanes were running. We thought we could have this open window. And then the Delta variant came, and it's like, it's government couldn't agree that definitely we would be able to host it. And the last thing we wanted to do was sell two and a half thousand tickets and have nobody turning up on Ireland because that would have been the fire festival. So um, it will happen. It just won't be the end of this year, which is annoying, but we will plan something amazing. Okay. Raul, before we get into the, the community flywheel, and I, I really just want to ask so many questions about that, Let's quickly tell uh, the people watching about some of the new content that they can expect on Real Vision, particularly some of the content that you're working on. Tell us yes. about that. So I want to split up my content so people know what narrative arc I'm taking them on. Because, you know, I'm a guy who follows multiple different things, and I want to make it easier for people to, to understand the journey I'm taking. So we've got a whole series for the kind of regular macro content, which is called The Journeyman. 
And that's my journey of understanding in the macro world. So that's just talking to the smartest people I know to just increase my framework and my understanding. So that frames it for people. What am I doing there? On the crypto side, because that's the other big passion and big journey, even though I think the two worlds are the same world now. Um, on the crypto side, it's Raoul's Adventures in Crypto. And again, because that is, it's like a fire hose of new things. Macro is not new. It's just, it's an ongoing narrative change. And where is this going? This is like, oh my God, everything's coming at me. Everything's new and I need to understand this. And so I'm going to be the conduit for people. And I'm going to take them on that that journey of understanding where I'm going to talk to people to find out, okay, what's going on? What really matters? Where is this all going? And where is it all going is the biggest thing. Because as people know, this is the fastest adoption of any technology in all recorded history. And just to be the same size as the other major asset class, this thing's going up 100x in the next 10 years or so. And we've never, as humanity, faced anything like that. This will be the largest wealth distribution in all recorded history if that happens as well. And I want to take people on that journey. Thanks for that. Yeah, Raoul, the, the fire hose, the... The fire hose was most powerful for me when I heard you talk about yield curves on digital swords and how they were just popping up everywhere. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm struggling to understand this. But Raul, tell us about community. So we have, you know, in 2014, you started making these videos. In 2015, uh, a lot, it was very successful, but it was very cloistered. It was, you know, hedge fund managers and portfolio managers who were paying a premium but it was compared to the you know billions of people in the globe a relatively small um, percentage. So t- take us from Real Vision being one of the best kept secrets among professional investors to the vision of it being something much bigger of democratizing finance for you know everyone, including people who are not uh, hedge fund managers. That transition happened. I was getting very disheartened around 2017. 18, somewhere around there. I can't remember the exact date because I felt we were being too smart and too niche. And that culminated in us charging $600 a year for Real Vision. We had one product that was $600 a year. And yet our mission was something different. It was to democratize for all. I'm like, this is not right. We're going down the wrong path. You know, trying to be elite and small and niche and pleases some people, but you're not going to make move the dial. And we want to make changes in the world. So it was at that point we slashed pricing down to TV pricing and said, no, we're going to make this available to more. We then opened up YouTube because everyone's like, no, 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 you're not doing, put it on YouTube, you're going to destroy the value. And like, no, the value is all of what you get on Real Vision. Some of the videos on YouTube two months late is not the value, but it'll give a lot of people a taste. And, you know, my last video, The Exponential Age, the one about digital assets, I mean, that's the latest video to have a million views. I mean, we've got 550,000, 600,000 people on our YouTube channel now. So our reach is now about a million people. Um, and it's And those million people are part of our community. I talk to them on LinkedIn. I talk to them on Facebook. I talk to them on the platform. I talk to them on Exchange. They're our community. Our community, we can't tell them where to hang out. We'd love them to hang out in the Exchange, but we're bigger than that. And community is the most powerful business model of all. 
um, because communities are something you feel part of. Audience is something which is a passive thing. Community is an active role that you play. And your job in a community is to make the community better, like you do with your local community where you've grown up. You want to make sure you're a good citizen for that community. And then the tokenization of communities is something I've been talking about and I wrote a long article about. I mean, this is superpower to this because now your community members have a stake in your community, a stake in what value you create, what value they create, and everybody wants the community to thrive. And it's not all about necessarily a token price going up. It's about bringing a lot of people in and giving them value and tying them into that value. And, you know, this is where we're going. We will launch a Real Vision token at some point. I just need to get there. But I keep talking about it. Uh, it's a bit frustrating to me that it takes so slow to get there. But we will get there because I truly believe, you know, if you have a, a Real Vision token that you can earn by posting great stuff on the exchange that engages our members, that gives you a discount to Real Vision Pro, and you've then renewed Pro, and you get more tokens and Maybe you want to launch a newsletter service on top of Real Vision or your own video show on top of Real Vision, and you get an audience and you get paid in tokens and you create an economy. Yeah, I think that I was just reading that article. I think that idea is so brilliant. And like, tell us because when you first got into crypto, at first, well, you, you've been into crypto a long time, but what you know, you were very bullish on, on Bitcoin for a long time. The argument for Bitcoin is. There are 21 million of them, and then the denominator, which is the you know, money supply, keeps going up. So it's only natural that, that Bitcoin will go up as well. So it's, it's, it's sort of a macro argument, whereas talking about tokens and talking about Ethereum, that is something that's completely different. So um, you write that about, um, like, Ralph, just because uh, can you explain for the people what a, a token is, uh, a social token? So, like, let's say I'm an artist. I know you, a lot of the work you've done is on the music industry. I'm an artist and I'm reasonably successful, a punk rocker. I, I'm playing the bass in a band that, you know, we, 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 we tour, we have, you know, millions of listens on our Spotify. Explain what the old business model is and was. Yeah, and this is, this is crucial. So, the old business model is you make music basically for free now, which costs you money. You stream it on Spotify. They pay you very little in return. Of that very little in return, you're paying the agents, the music publishers, lawyers, anybody who touches the IP, and then to access your audience to tell them about it, you're generally having to use Facebook, Google, and other things, and that may cost you money too. You know, buy our new album. So, eighty percent of the economics of all the music industry disappears. So, what do the musicians do? They have to tour because there's no revenue left. So, what is touring? So, they've created now a top of funnel, which is Spotify, like we have with YouTube. But touring is about scarcity. It's a one-day event where this group of people meets that band and listens to this set of songs. And you pay for it, 100 bucks, 200 bucks, whatever the number is for that particular event. But that's all they can do. That doesn't scale easily. They have to take trucks on the road. They have to do all sorts of stuff, right? And they still have to pay everybody. So it's a hugely ineffective way of doing things. Obviously, there's magic in live music, and I'm a big fanatic about that stuff. 
But tokenization changes. Oh, also, people like Ticketmaster and StubHub. So there's Ticketmaster, they'll take a fee for selling the ticket. StubHub, well, they will kind of scalp the tickets. And then behind that is high-frequency trading of tickets. Everybody is taking some money off the artist. And in the end, the fan has to pay more. So tokens change that. Because once you get tokens in the hands of your audience, you now have a direct relationship with them. You're all token holders in the ecosystem. Tokens can be used for ticketing because they authenticate something. So therefore, you can't be scalped on your tickets because the ticket is authenticated. So that gets rid of those people. If you have a direct relationship with your audience, then you get rid of Google and Facebook. Yes, you may still approach them there, but because they've already got tokens, you know who they are. You don't now have to pay to access them. Then, in addition to that, um, IP, intellectual property. Well, that currently, well, it should be tokenized. And I know that um, just announced, I spoke to him the other day, is um, uh, Blau is working on that, which is the IP rights in a business called Royal. So the IP rights can then trade as tokens. So that means Jack can go on TikTok, because you're kind of that age. You can go on TikTok. You can see that your artist that you like is launching 10 songs. They're all NFTs, and you can invest in a fractional share of the song that you think is going to do best. You get a share of the IP rights, maybe for the first year. You, you, you put your 100 bucks into that token, you're now incentivized to go on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, anywhere, and get that song played and get it viral. So you're and the artists are now working together. And if it goes up, your token's going to be worth more money. Maybe it's maybe you find the next, you know, whoever it is, Lady Gaga, and before you know it, that $100 token is worth $100,000. And you've played part in it. That is how you bring communities together. And this applies to brands, musicians, anybody with a community, because network effects then apply to everybody. And everybody wants to grow the network. And this... Is another, you talked about how this is another layer of value. It's not just like an equity and then a bond and, or a commodity or a fixed income product. It has elements of an equity, but also of a commodity because as a fan, when you do something, you can earn some and create more of it, but also in order to retain the value of the network and make sure there's not runaway inflation, uh, some activities cause a burning of other tokens in order to limit the supply. Tell us why that's so important. Yeah. So you know, it's limited or managed supply is important because if not, it becomes like air miles. The air miles that you have every year have like a 10% inflation and you lose they lose purchasing power. So to maintain a good community, you don't want to destroy purchasing power, which is why we're not getting a particularly good community in like the US and the UK and Europe because we're not maintaining purchasing power of the currency because we're debasing it and it creates social unrest. So if you create social unrest within your community, you're actually devaluing the community. So yes, so for let's say certain events that happen, you can burn the tokens, new tokens get issued for certain things, and there's a scarcity within that. And you and you, it's not easy to do. Token economics is not easy. Um, so you have to create it's behavioral economics plus you know, technology, all of these things together. But once you get it right, then you're incentivizing everybody to do something differently. And you basically create a, a community turns into a sovereign state. 
Sovereign states have a leader, a mission, a set of rules, and generally a set of money or value. The same thing occurs for ultra big, complex, adaptive societies like religions. They all operate in the same system. Bringing money or value that exchanges on the internet creates the ability for every community to be essentially its own sovereign state with its own set of rules, own set of money. Amazing. So that is uh, on the horizon for Real Vision. It, it's, it will be um, you know, a challenge, so no timelines, of course, but that's on the horizon. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. We've got an even bigger question from Lyle Pratt, excuse me, from uh, Sailing Taylors, perhaps a reference to Michael Saylor. Uh, says, Where do you see Real Vision seven years from now? We talked about the history seven years ago. What about seven years in the future? I, I would see Real Vision as being the single most important place for finance. I think of it, it's going to be a platform based around a community. And that platform is going to give you the access to all the information you could ever want from market pricing to a kind of search that allows you to find everything, a place that we can all create our own research and store it and share it with the community so it becomes the smartest place in the world. I think that the ability to bring all of the financial communities together and give them this home and the platform and the tools is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Wow. And, Raoul, tell us uh, your vision for the content. Uh, the the uh, origin of Real Vision emerged from what was lacking during and after the financial crisis in terms of content. So the, the key principles were truth in finance and also, also depth, long-form interviews. How have the changes that we've seen over the past seven years uh, made you think about the new things that the new improvements, the new iterations that the content needs to have in order to meet the demands and needs of, of today? Um, I think there's a number of different levels of this. One is we can repeat the same thing and do it to India. We can do the same thing for a, for a Spanish speaking audience. You know, there are lots of audience underserved in this content. So that's pretty obvious, not easy to do, but doable. Um, also, we can allow within this community, once you've built a community, you can allow it to get more niche, or you can have sub-communities. So we can spin out endless podcasts based on, you could have one on Cardano, one on just silver miners. And if there's 10,000 people who, who are fanatics about that, that's a great business if it's part of a big community. I also think that people should be creating their own content. We've already got Brad who's creating that amazing content about trucking around America and looking for economic signals. I think we'll see more of that. I want people to build as much on top of Real Vision as possible. You know, so so content is going to change. It's not going to be you watch everything every day, you come on Real Vision. You might still do that. But content is going to be the exchange. It's going to be the content that the audience generates. It's going to be that it's going to be seamless between audio visual, written, there will be, we will reach further parts and deliver 
different bits of information in different ways to different audiences. So we've got a lot to learn, but the media business is moving fast and we have to move fast with it. Yeah, I think a perfect example of us moving fast with the, the news cycle was the daily briefing. You know, a core, uh, not a core, but at, at the beginning, uh, Real Vision's mission was we're not going to focus on S&P up, S&P down, and sort of the news of the day because that's just noise. The real signal is understanding, having a macro framework. But it's uh, having a macro framework, it can get pretty volatile when you know, the S&P crashes 30 35%. So that's why we created the daily briefing, right? Where we could actually, you know, market is limit down. You, you, you can't have an interview um, film on February 15th when the S&P is here and then have it air a month later when it's here. And you know? also, I get more out of it. And what it is, is to show people how news is a data point in the overall macro. And that's the key thing. People get too carried away by news and don't realize it's all part of the larger narrative. Is the economy weakening? Is it strengthening? You know, where does this fit into these data thing? All of that, we're actually teaching people how to understand news and what price action really means. And we do it really interestingly because we've got a chartist like Tommy Thornton. We've got Tony, who's a trader, different time horizon. We've got Darius, who's basically, uh, basically a model-driven guy. We've got um, Peter Bookvar uh, and a few others who come on regularly, Jim Bianco, who are more classical macro analysts, who maybe have a slightly longer-term view. This is purposefully done. It's purposeful because everybody needs to find their own style, but they also need to understand how everybody else thinks. So we purposely curated a different group of people that we can talk to on a regular basis because it's going to give us much more of the overall picture. Yes, and we also have a diverse view. So it's not just a bunch of inflationists or not just a bunch of deflationists. It's dollar bulls, dollar bears, bullish on equities, bearish on equities to really give people the full uh, um, you know, spectrum of, of views. Raul, something I, I want to ask um, you about is, of course, the exponential age and the the, your, the move not just of, of real vision but of your framework. Um, tell us about why uh, macro, um, you know, why macro and crypto aren't so different after all. Everything is being driven by secular forces: debt, demographics, deflation, technology, globalization. That is macro. And an outcome of that was cryptocurrency. It was specifically designed to get us around the problems of the financial system. That has now become broader, and it's offered itself as a solution to the macro problems that are at hand. The world's most indebted economy being the US, the most indebted global economy in world history, and all of the issues that we face, this demographic bust that's going on, and the um, and also, you know, dealing with globalization at scale and technology. But then technology keeps rearing its head because it is a huge driver here because it's replacing jobs at an alarming rate. It is also creating opportunity at a rate unprecedented in all human history. So all of these things are combining to create the exponential age and the technology in the exponential age 
is a bunch of network adoption models all combining in their own network adoption exponential trends to create this whole period of time. The next 10 years will be the teeth of this thing where we are going to have to go through change that is unprecedented. Everything from genetic sciences to to um, EVs, to green energy, to robotics, to distributed computing power, to the Internet of Things, through to 3D printing, um, AI, space travel, all of this. Oh, 5G, space Wi-Fi. I mean, it's basically all the information layer coming together. Even genetics is now an information layer. It looks very similar to modern software. You put all of this together, who knows where the world is going to lead. But it's going to be scary and difficult to navigate for us socially. But if we embrace it, we can also make a lot of money from investing in it. Yeah. Ra, I want to ask you a question, which is, you know, there was a time when private equity was this sort of bizarre thing that no one really thought of. Now it's thought of something if you run a uh, institutional portfolio for an endowment, a college, university, whatever, and you don't have an allocation to private equity, it's considered you know, you're almost incompetent. And it's like, why are you not allocated to private equity? And you know, some funds, I think, are up to 30 or 40% allocated to private equity. Do you think there will be a time now? Uh, it will, so, so now, you know, very few endowments are allocated to crypto. There have been a few early adopters, uh, I believe Yale and, and other schools. Do you think there will be a time when it will be the same sort of stigma where if you're not invested in crypto, it's like, what are you doing? In the macro hedge fund world that I grew up in, it's a pretty savvy bunch of people. It's now considered a stigma. You're considered prehistoric. When John Paulson came out two days ago and says, well, I think it's all worthless. I mean, basically, the whole macro world was like, really? You know, and we're talking every legend of the industry is long this stuff in significant ways, both personally and in their funds, and are scaling it up. So yes, I mean, you're, you're basically a social prior now if you haven't got it in, much like systems-based trading. You know, yeah. when we started Real Vision, it was like, oh, God, no, those guys, this is the end of the world. Seven years later, I mean, it's just part of our world. Yeah. Uh, Ra, I, I've got to ask you a question about the, the macro world, returning to that world. You have a report out uh, off of Real Vision Pro, where I believe the cover of it is a series of snails. And that is uh, talking about the economic slowdown. Tell us what you're seeing there in the data and how you think it might impact asset prices. Yeah, and I've been talking about this in the daily briefing, shuttling everybody along every kind of three weeks or so, is the forward-looking data in the United States, China, Japan, and a few other countries is slowing significantly. The Citibank Economic Surprises Index of data in the United States is now firmly negative. It's firmly negative in China, and it's about to go negative in Europe. So the data is not as good as expected. Then when we start looking at like buying, buying climate from University of Michigan, the worst ever in recorded history buying climate to buy a house, a car, durable goods. We're seeing a whole bunch of stimulus roll off in the next week or two. So... Um, some of the moratoriums on rent and um, and a whole bunch of things all stop. Payments, transfer payments, all stop. Um, we're seeing it in the bond market where yields have started slowly coming off and have been coming off for a long time when everyone was screaming inflation. The bond market was like, 
It's not the issue. It is normal to have, after a recession, a period where there's excessive optimism of economic recovery, and the economy's just not on its two feet yet. It's like coming out of hospital after an operation. You know, you're not going to go around the round the block having a jog. You might put three feet in front of each other, and everyone goes, yeah, see, he's back to normal, and he collapses on the floor again, and he's go back to bed. We've all been there. It's the way with the hangover, right? You think you can survive it, but it actually takes another day. That's the same with, it's exactly the same with recoveries. Um, and we're not there yet. So we will, and David Rosenberg's been talking about this, and a whole bunch of people, Jim Bianco, is we are likely to see the economy, the global economy, slow um, more than expected. I'm not talking about another recession, but I think it probably ignites asset prices again. Because if you even get a sniff of a slowing economy and the Fed aren't going to taper, boom, up goes the tech stocks and they look already like they're about to do it. Crypto's just exploded higher. You know, this is the world we live in. And, you know, you might, a lot of people don't like it. They, they shake their arms at the internet saying the Fed should raise rates. That's not the game we're in. The game we're in is this is what the Fed do. How can I take advantage of it? And they've given you free options. Just take them. Yeah, it's fascinating how when people think that when the economy does well, stocks do well. And when the economy does poorly, stocks don't do well. But that's so frequently the case, so infrequently the case, especially now. I was speaking to someone today, Raul, and they said the greatest risk to uh, asset prices is the fact that the Delta variant rolls over and you know cases are fine. And I'm like, that's the greatest risk? And he's like, yeah, because then central banks will withdraw um, liquidity. Uh, Raul, we we running uh, very uh, short on time. You've been very generous with your time. As we close, um, what, what's your closing message for people on the seventh birthday of, of Real Vision? What, what, what are you going to leave our, our audience with? So I read out a bunch of changes in the key instruments from seven years ago to today. If we are truly going into the exponential age, then we're going to see some extraordinary changes to some of those numbers. I don't know what they're going to be. My guess is oil is lower as opposed to higher over the next seven years. You know, I'm not talking about short term. My guess is bond yields are probably lower, not higher. But who knows? That will be the big fight the market wants to have. Gold is probably a lot higher. Where the dollar is, who the hell knows? Where Bitcoin is, that is going to be fascinating. And where the NASDAQ is, that's probably, again, the outlier here. Because if these technologies are truly happening, well, that's going to return a lot of money to people. Yeah, wow. Well, a lot to think about. Uh, thank you so much, Ralph, for joining us. Uh, you mentioned Jim Bianco. He will be on uh, Real Vision, the daily briefing on Friday. And by the way, our friend Jeff Snyder, who has been with Real Vision for a long time, uh, his interview aired today with Maggie Lake. A lot to think about in the euro dollar market. And while I'm, while I'm plugging away, Ralph, um, your interview with uh, Lakshman Achuthan, who's you know, he's an, uh, an original when it comes to Real Vision. You'll be talking about the business cycle with him in a few weeks. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of interviews coming up, so some really exciting stuff. Yeah. And my and my adventures in crypto launches on September the 10th as well, and there'll be some great stuff coming there. Yeah, and for the on the macro side, for the entire month of September, we are focusing on the theme of is the business cycle slowing? So a lot uh, to to stay patient for. Ralph, thank you so much, and thank you everyone watching at home. Take care, everyone, and see you in seven years. <laughs>
You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com.